Welcome everyone to episode 17, or this is 18 maybe, I don't know, I'm so bad with this, it's 18, I did this last week too, this is crazy. Today's episode, I have another guest, this is two weeks in a row with a guest, and it is none other than my friend Jacob. Jacob, what's up man, good morning to you. What's up guys, how are we doing? It is another morning, another podcast episode. I'm excited. It's one of my favorite things to do nowadays is sit down and talk about some stuff, you know, motivational, positive stuff. Like, I feel like in general, the world needs more of that. And that's part of the whole reason I started this whole podcast, you know? So I feel pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The world needs more positivity. Exactly. Yeah and, yeah, and since I watch Gary Vee so much, I get some of my inspiration from him, but he's just like, I'm going to find every single one of you that is so negative, and I'm going to literally suck the negativity out of you because you're going to be so exhausted from hearing me talk about positive shit all the time. <laughs> so, and I'm just like, cool, respectable, yeah. So. Yeah, dude, I love Gary Vee. I, had, uh, I recently got into eating blueberries more. Uh, it's random, but there's a clip of him where he's like, I eat blueberries like it's my fucking job. So every time <laughs> I'm eating those, I think of that. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a bunch of memes about it too where you get uh, Gary V2 and Gary V3 that were like mimicking him and doing parody videos of like the way he acts and stuff. Uh, yeah. they, always, they always talk about blueberries. It's funny. <laughs> it's a good Dude, idea though. Good, yeah. My coworker, he's a little older, but he's like a model human. He just goes to the gym five days a week, consistently for like 30 years. Literally every day, even on his cheat days, he'll eat like a pound of fruit, drinks nothing but water. Like this man's a machine. And it's, it's, I get, I get a lot of motivation from him when it comes to eating healthy and trying to be healthy. But some of that comes from you. And and you're actually wearing the shirt. I was going to talk about this. You already know. But you are a personal trainer. And yeah, you've been training I mean. me and giving me some some coaching and stuff. And, and that's been a great experience for me because it's something I struggle with. And we'll get into it a little bit throughout the episode. But today, I kind of want to talk about like habits and and gym motivation and stuff like that. Just staying healthy in general. Because you said blueberries. And like for me... I can't eat blueberries that often. Like I don't crave them that much. Maybe it's just I have to get some of the other unhealthy food out of my palate first, but that's just me, you know? So I struggle with that. I feel like that's a lot of people though, where it's like you, you if you have a choice between like a sausage McMuffin and it takes you like two minutes to stop and then, you know, it's like a $4 breakfast and it's made for you versus going to the store, spending like however many dollars on fresh fruit every day, you know? Yeah. And and that's a real struggle too, right? Most people wouldn't have the money for that. So, yeah, it gets tough, dude. Um, it took me. I had tried blueberries and blackberries some years ago, and I wasn't a fan of them. Honestly, um, it was one of those things where it was tolerable to eat, but I wouldn't go out of my way to buy it. And then, I uh, I've been working with an older client, uh, like an in-home client. And uh, he rants about how good raspberries are. And um, so I happened to buy those. And then the blueberries are right there. And I was like, yeah, I'll run it again and see kind of like what happens with these. And something clicked where I I ate a few. And I was like, damn, these are fire. Um, so, yeah, it was weird. It's like um, it might be some of my habit changing as far as like what I eat. 
but at the same time i think uh just you know like your palate changes as you age um so it might have been you know what i had a couple years ago my palate isn't what it is now but yeah i've been tearing them up i get at least one pack a week of each and then i try to snack on them throughout the day that's a good idea yeah for sure i've been i've been trying so that, to make conscious decisions about that for sure making sure you know like, and skip the cheese it's and <laughs> go for some strawberries or something you know but for it, me the reason why i struggle maybe you have some insight to this but like when i eat fruit it's it's almost shocking to my taste buds where it's like i'll get this weird like bitter sour face kind of vibe and then it just doesn't make me want to eat more of them <laughs> if that makes sense like but as soon as yeah. i get past like that shock of eating something super cold and i guess it, it's not bitter because it's sweet but it's it gives me a bitter vibe i don't know maybe maybe that's just me but yeah i think that kind of ties in how <clears throat> you talked about uh like with some people just just the way they eat when they go to fruit or things that are more natural and less processed uh you get the rawness of what a what a feeling of regular sweetness is versus like the sweetness from a piece of watermelon is not going to be the same sweetness from a piece of candy flavored watermelon and i think a lot of the times people's perception is because they have so much of uh the processed food or the like the junk food quote unquote um that becomes their perception of what fruit should taste like uh, whereas it really should be that the fruit be, should be the primary and then you get what i mean yeah um, no i, I yeah, do so get what it, you mean and that's actually interesting you say that i never thought about it like that so yeah nice. it kind of alters people's perception i do so like i'm a huge fan of uh almond joys and um uh, i i just love coconut flavored stuff but i realized like when i had an actual coconut uh it was it was very, very mild. Like there was almost no sweetness to it at all. I was like, oh shit. It's because in the almond joy, they pack it full of sugar and then that intensifies the flavor. Whereas like you have regular, like a, like a regular coconut and you're like, oh, okay. This, this is what it's naturally supposed to taste like. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it kind I've of actually been uh, really surprised with like banana flavored stuff. I even had like recently last night actually banana chocolate chip or peanut butter chip or something um and mm -hmm. it's like this low carb healthy or ish ice cream which i don't really know honestly i know it's lower carb but it's just yeah. probably full of other sweeteners that are it might be a little healthier probably not as healthy as it could be but still whatever it was it was really good and i assume because bananas are not low in carb naturally <laughs> that it was banana flavoring and maybe some sweeteners, but it, it tasted very similar to a banana. And I actually love bananas. I, I eat most of my fruit as a banana and I'll switch it up between like watermelon and stuff like that. And I, and I stick to my yogurt pretty religiously uh, with some protein granola in the morning. But yeah, I was, I was very shocked. Some of the processed stuff that you can actually get nowadays where it does taste very similar. Oh dude, it is wild. Um, I had well, this isn't as much of a uh artificially flavored thing. I mean it is, but comparing it to a natural food, but the green apple Gatorades out of this world, but it tastes almost exactly like a Jolly Rancher. I know I'm kind of segueing off, but uh the ability to take 
the taste or even the sensation that you get from a taste of something and manipulate that and put it into candy, for example, or a low carb ice cream is a, it's getting pretty intense. It is for sure. Yeah. And no, that's, that's exactly what we were just talking about for sure. And, and actually today on this episode, since I got you here, Mr. Mr. Jacob, you, you work at breakthrough. You're actually wearing the shirt and I mentioned it earlier yeah. and you yes, trained me at, uh, a, actually an MMA club club MMA is yep. what it's called. Um, which is nice cause it's closer for me. You're actually a little bit of a drive. So appreciate you for meeting yeah, me no in the problem. middle there. Um, I just want to get some thoughts from you, man, like your journey and just because you were used to be a little overweight. Um, just tell me a little bit about that story and like how you're able to stick with it all these years. Cause I, I'm sure that's what most people want to know. They're like, ah, how, what's the get rich quick scheme, you know, like with, with weight loss and stuff like that. But, but let me hear it from you. Like, how did you stick to it and, and make it an actual daily routine? Uh, that's actually a really good question. Um, a lot of people will want to find the quick route and you'll see it all the time too. People will go on a hardcore diet and they'll work out a shit ton and then they'll lose weight. They'll get results. And then they realize they're like, Oh, this is hard. And like, this sucks really bad. And I don't like any of this. So then they stop doing it and then they gain the weight. And then maybe, you know, next year they got a trip to Florida and they're like, I'm trying to be on the beach. So they do it again. And it just becomes this really repetitive cycle. <clears throat> and, uh, you have to think of it as long-term. So it, it, it's cliche, but it becomes a lifestyle change. And it's not like I'm some crazy fitness guru, but it's, it's very small, subtle changes where you, you have to, uh, you have to be really focused and know what's going on. Uh, you have to be able to question yourself like, okay, what's in my food? Like, what am I putting in my body today? How's it going to perform? Cause a lot of times what I was doing is I had to, <clears throat> I had to, to, get my meals around what I would do for my workout because my nutrition was always kind of spotty, but I'd always been a fan of working out. And, um, there'd be times where I put myself through pretty intense workouts. And because of what I ate prior, uh, it would affect that workout as far as, you know, like making me nauseous or, you know, if you work out too hard, it kind of, it wrecks your body. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it really, man, was just small, subtle changes and then learning Learn for me, learning to listen to myself instead of applying a principle of cut this out, cut that out, follow this diet. Um, learning to listen to myself and my body first set a foundation for me to follow everything from there. Um, so developing small habits like the topic of today, uh, um, I would make sure that I would change my breakfast. So I found a breakfast that was light enough that I could work out you know, within that morning and still feel fine. And then, uh, it still carried me over into lunch and then little stuff like that. So at first it started out as cereal, and, you know, it was captain crunch and I started playing around with that. And then I <clears throat> changed to like a, like an organic, um, oat based cereal. Now for the past eight months, not kidding, Monday through Friday, I eat oatmeal with, uh, raw maple syrup and a little dash of milk. And that's been cash money really for a while but yeah dude i would say that it helped me to be just consistent and listening to my body and um letting myself know that 
know the difference between quote unquote good and bad foods, but at the same time, not beating myself up if I decided to go on a date night with my wife or if me and some friends got together and I had a couple slices of pizza. Um, because a lot of people will, they'll beat themselves up over it. And then it just becomes this war that kind of, they wage with themselves of, oh, well, I messed up. So I, I might as well just stop doing this because I'm not getting any wins out of it. Uh, yeah. So I just following small day-to-day routines, um, listening to yourself and then getting small wins. I'm a huge proponent of winning the little battles. For sure. Sorry. Yeah, me too. Because we talk about it a lot. We talk about the the mindset of it all too. And and my mindset is is super positive, but it's not super disciplined. And I know that about myself for sure, especially when it comes to the gym. Eating healthy is not too much of a struggle for me anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I it still could be way better, but um, it's a lot better than it used to be. And I don't eat three meals a day of fried foods anymore. In fact, my breakfast, like I said, is mainly just yogurt and protein granola. Um, And sometimes I'll throw in some fruit in there or lately I've been eating a banana with uh, just some water, you know, just drink some water and eat a banana in the morning. Um, I'm starting to condition my body to where I'm not super hungry in the morning, which isn't my preference. I love breakfast. I would rather eat a Mm -hmm. ton in the morning and then maybe glide throughout the day. But my my habit more so is to eat uh, whatever I eat in the morning, but then later on at night, I'll get the urge to snack or eat a huge dinner. So eating a huge breakfast is not going to help me if I'm eating a huge dinner. And then it's like, you know, I'm just gaining weight that way. So um, it is like what you said, finding out about yourself, because I'm trying to figure out the best way to lose weight consistently with the things I'm already doing. Cause I feel like it's 80% diet. Um, and, and from there, you know, getting in the gym is harder for me. Um, mm-hmm. but if I have a, a guided routine or a, an in, intentional reason to go to the gym and work out, which is what I'm trying to figure out with you training and stuff, I'll be more, more prone to go to the gym. Same with eating because Nowadays, I just make my food from home. I actually only eaten out with my exception to uh, when I went to Chicago. I've only eaten out two or three times since then, which has been a few weeks now. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, um, one thing that people don't talk about a lot, just a segue off of the, uh, the eating out. Um, one, people a lot, or one thing people don't address a lot is what some consider like a financial health and it's really just <clears throat> financial literacy and kind of understanding good ways to spend money. And not that I'm against eating out cause you know, date nights, you have a good time, go out, whatever. Uh, but cooking at home, dude saves a ton of money. It does. Oh my yeah, God. Absolutely. I was just talking about this with my coworker. Sorry to interrupt. You just sparked something in my brain. And yeah. I was just, I was just like, dude, I used to eat out every day for lunch, and it's like, even if I got a small portion or kept it somewhat healthy, it's still expensive. And I'm like, I'm saving so much money now that I'm basically, um, you know, three, almost four weeks in of just basically eating nothing but what I have at the house, and then that's it. I'm gonna turn into one of those parents that's like, oh, can we get McDonald's? Like, no, we got food at home. Like, that's gonna be me for sure. <laughs> dude, honestly, I don't blame you. I mean especially when you start whipping it up in the kitchen, it gets pretty good. A a lot of people have a perception that 
uh, healthy food is supposed to be quote unquote healthy food, but it's, it's supposed to be bland and not flavorful, but really that's not the case. Um, once you start to experiment with stuff, dude, and you, you find a good consistent set of meals, um, it's a good rotation that you can go through and every now and then you can spice it up and change something or try something new. Um, but cooking in itself is just, just as much of an experience as losing weight or going to the gym or whatever the case is. Uh, I think it gives you a better chance to appreciate your food. Um, you build a relationship with it. So that doesn't sound too crazy. No, not at all. That's, I mean, that's, it's a everyday struggle for a lot of people. In fact, if we look at statistics, you know, the statistics tell us as well. So, I mean, I, and I'm, I don't really go by like, I'm a circumstantial kind of guy. I don't really like going yeah. solely based off statistics or solely based off of like one person's side of the story. Like none of that, uh, huge, like listen to both sides first, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why people choose to eat out, uh, convenience being one of them, mm -hmm. but it's also just, you know, their craving and their habit too, like and changing the habit of just you know, waking up and then having the urge to, you know, on your way to work, stop by Speedway to get some coffee or on your way to work, stop by Dunkin' and get the, you know, six donut holes with a coffee. And, and that habit gets harder to break as you get older. So I assume a lot of our older um, humans on this earth right now have more of a challenge trying to break that. And, and at some point they're just like, well, that's just who I am. So I'm not going to change it. Um, which is unfortunate because it's never too late. As long as you're living and breathing, you can pretty much do anything. But I think that's part of it too. Like once you have kids and then you get into the routine of, you know, oh, let's go to McDonald's, get you a happy meal, all this stuff. And then it builds up, builds up. And next thing you know, because people say time flies when you have a kid. I don't have one, but seven mm -hmm. years go by and then you have like a seven-year-old and you're celebrating their birthday with, you know, catered uh, like Chick-fil-A or whatever. And Chick-fil-A is yeah. probably one of the healthier fast foods. But if you're, if you're constantly piling on those decisions, it gets harder to break out of. And, and the habit itself goes both ways. Like, because when you went through your journey and, and started to stick with it, now it, it seems kind of natural, right? So when you're yeah. doing the opposite of that, it becomes the same kind of hard to break out of. Because for you, it would probably be pretty hard to break out of a fitness routine or a um, somewhat healthy eating routine because it becomes part of who you are over time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I actually completely agree with that. It's a, it becomes less of a chore the more you enjoy it, but it can take some time to enjoy. Uh, at first it feels really hard. So for me, I'm on that weird end of the spectrum where it's like, I, I used to love work. I mean, I still do, but I loved working out. It was never like, a, Oh, I got to go to the gym today. Now, not saying I don't have those days, but I would say there, I, there's weeks on end where I'll go where I don't feel like, oh, I have to work out. Most of the time, it's I get to work out. I I I get the opportunity to do this, and um, yeah, like you said, you you build into it so much, and it's it's hard to make those big adjustments. So I would make smaller ones. And to segue off of uh, the habits of, you know, having McDonald's or, you know, as a kid and your parents get you the, the happy meal or whatnot, um, some of the, you can even, you can regress that thought process and go even further. Like, okay, uh, 
like next next time you go out to eat like let's say you go to chick-fil-a you get a sandwich and some fries and you normally get a pop i guarantee if you get a water instead of a pop it's gonna like the whole meal is gonna be like yo what the hell because a lot of times we're used to having that that carbonation some sugar in there um to pair with our meal so that was honestly the first thing that i started switching out when i did go out to eat um like when i like when i lost my 100 pounds i didn't have a set diet a lot of it was just being intuitive and then um learning how to control my portions and then listen to myself so yeah i mean i guess for any of the viewers or you yourself if you don't already do it like next time you go out to eat get a water instead of a pop and then just listen to how it changes your perception of the meal and uh yeah it's just weird games a lot of it was that every now and then I, I would switch out if i got a burger and some fries i would switch out my fries and sometimes i just get a burger or instead of a double i'd get like a single patty burger or whatever the case is uh but yeah making a lot of those small adjustments and then over time you'll start to find like oh, okay i don't need the pop like it it doesn't taste as good as it used to so then it doesn't become as much of a chore because you're like ah, you know it is what it is yeah Drinking water for me never came naturally. Um, used to, I remember a younger version of myself, um, which I actually talked a little bit about this, like what we're talking about now. Um, so, and like mental triggers and stuff like that. Like I was talking about when I used to drink a 12 pack of Pepsi sometimes during binging gaming sessions. I'm like looking at it now, I'm like, golly. But I was at work the other day and I set a tin can down on the counter and I heard the ting sound of that. And it kind of brought back the memory of me drinking all the, cause I don't drink pop anymore. And it's actually been, you know, with the exception of, you know, one, maybe two times a month, it's probably more like one every other month where I'll mm -hmm. get the craving for it, but very rarely. And I normally stick to the zero sugar options just because the sugar itself, I can't do much of that anymore. I'm not a sweet person, not as much as I used to be. Um, mm -hmm. But I did find over time, like when I just started, it, it did come as a forceful action. I did kind of was like, okay, I'm just going to put it down. And, you know, and I had the motivation to stick with it because I wanted to not drink it anymore. Um, so I haven't had consistent, like, pop drinking for about a decade now. And from there, it just turned into now I don't even drink caffeine. And, I, and that sounds crazy to most people when I tell them that they're like, you don't, well, how do you even get through the day? And I'm like, well, it sucks, you know, cause I'm a naturally tired person and I have to like force myself to wake up. And part of this journey for me is it's a slow process. You know, I started with the pop 10 years ago. Right. And it, it, it could literally be any time now where I add something else to it. But as long as I'm making the progress, it doesn't really matter to me how long it takes. And so the pop is a good start for me. Like, uh, small changes like you said i was actually at wendy's the other day because i forgot to bring my lunch and, and in fact it was because i didn't wake up early enough <laughs> but um i only got six nuggets um i did get a large fry but six i would normally get 10 nuggets and a large fry i didn't get mm -hmm. a drink but i did get a small frosty because i wanted to try the strawberry one and to mm -hmm. me that's like a lighter meal than what i would normally get and i realized I eat slower nowadays than what I used to just mm -hmm. naturally I don't know why um but I noticed that like a lot of the food that I used to order is way too much 
and it's starting to really help me because yeah. when I eat slower, my body gets to that food wall a lot faster. So that helps me too. And, and I've been going through that for the last few months and it's been working. I'm actually down a few pounds. I don't know if that is consistently from what my, my choices or if that's from like fluctuation of water weight or what, but we'll find out. So. Absolutely. Good job, dude. Um, yeah, to, to segue on that, it, it might not seem like a big step at all, but little, little choices like the, the Wendy's, like when you go into Wendy's and you get a six piece instead of a 10 piece, those are the little battles that I talk about. Cause a lot of people don't think about that at all. They're like, well, I have to switch out this whole thing and I'll get a salad and a water. It's like, no, dude, you can, you can regress it to the smallest portion and get, go from a 10 piece to a six piece because that becomes, that's your little battle. You win that. And then maybe the next time you get a medium fry and then you do that for a week. And the next time you get a small fry, and then you go without the frosting, just get a water. And then you can turn that into a weeks long. You could turn that into a, a month to two month long process where you're slowly just starting to wean down your portion sizes. But at the same time, you can start to switch stuff out. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and those are the like, it doesn't have to be big drastic changes because that in itself, like, let's say you get down to your six count nugget and a small fry and a water. and that's still giving your brain is still triggering like your endorphins. You're like, yeah, like I still like this. This is good stuff. But at the same time, you're not eating 300 calories, 500 calories more, uh, just in that one meal. Yeah. And I've been much more conscious about it too. Like the, the, my fitness pal apps and like some of those other tracking apps have never been, uh, I guess natural for me. I don't really think they're natural for anybody. But it's, it's never something I was able to stick to for any reason. Um, and so I, I did stick to it at one point when I, I was losing a ton of weight a few years ago. Um, in fact, I'm in a good middle weight right now. I used to be, uh, from where I'm at now, about 40 pounds heavier. and But I also used to be about 50 pounds lighter. So <laughs> there's the silver lining right yeah. there. You know, I, I did gain some weight back, especially with COVID. Got a lot more lazy. Um, but... It, it, I've basically hit my max weight at this point, you know, kind of like where you maintain it and you stop gaining weight. That's kind of mm -hmm. like, I've been at this weight for at least six months now. So okay. I've kind of maintained it, which is a good sign. Um, and then you just kind of have to figure out how to go back down. But yeah, I mean, it for me, like it's just the small changes that I've been making lately that hopefully add up to a big win and, and, like I said before, you know, I don't even crave pop anymore. I don't crave a lot of the sugar or, or anything. My biggest problem is fried foods, probably. Like, for real. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> fried yeah, yeah. Fried foods are so good. Um, but it yeah, I think that was like along with pop, fried foods for me were the one of the things earlier to go on, uh, as far as like what I got rid of first. Every now and then I'll still have, you know, if we go out to eat, like I said, I'll, I'll have like French fries with a burger or something. Um, but as, as far as like fried chicken and things of that sort, I mean, even at home, we don't even, I'd say we maybe fry something once a year. Um, honestly, most of my, most of my cravings come from sweets. I have a huge sweet tooth. Um, so learning how to wean those off. Uh, every now, like I said, every now and then I'll still treat myself. So 
I'll have like a pastry or something like that. But it's it's learning how to be intuitive um, and just listen to your body and make adjustments on the fly. Um, like you said, I, not that counting calories is a bad thing because everybody has their method. So they'll go onto a diet where they don't have to think about it. They they can just read whatever and then okay, well this is what I'm going to make. Or you can count your calories where you can you can be a little bit more intuitive and you're like, okay, cool, I can make these adjustments. I can fit this into my macros. I can do this. I can do that. So you can still be a little bit more exper like uh, yeah, experimental. Um, but even like I didn't even, I didn't count my calories at all. A lot a lot of it was literally just if I eat this and I feel like I'm too full, then on my next meal I'm just going to eat a little bit less. And then if I start to get a little bit hungrier towards dinner, then I'll just eat a little bit more. And a little bit to me is less than a handful. Um, lately, I've been into, like if I pack my lunch, I've been doing um, like a baby spring mix of, it's like spinach, kale, like there's a, a little mix of greens, and then I'll throw some chicken and some cheese in there. But I used to overload it with a shit ton of chicken. Um, so now I've just, just been going like my palm. I grab my palm and I throw that in there, and then I get at least two palmfuls of spinach and i don't have to weigh it i'm not doing all this extra shit i just grab it boom 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 throw it in there mix it and then call it a day um and and that seems to help a lot yeah but yeah uh, one other thing it just so i don't forget is uh people have this stigma that being hungry is gonna kill them so they'll they'll get hunger pains throughout the day and they're like oh man i need to eat like i'm i'm doing this i'm doing that but it's really just like your body needs something. It might not always be food. So you can you can fight off some hung, like hunger pains with if you drink a cup of water. Maybe your body's just dehydrated and it's like, I need something else. So you put something in there. <clears throat> and a lot of times, like, you're not going to go into starvation mode. Realistically, you can, you can go days without food and be perfectly fine. Um, but I started to think in terms of hunger as just any other regular emotion or kind of feeling. So you wake up in the morning, you're going to be tired uh, throughout the day. Uh, maybe you'll get irritable or throughout the day, maybe you'll get hungry. Um, so letting myself be hungry for small amounts of time, maybe every couple of days or every day um, made me appreciate one, my food just a little bit more, but made me appreciate the ability of listening to my body and understanding what that feeling of hunger uh, brought to me as far as the sensation, if that doesn't sound too weird. Right. It doesn't. And and actually it, when you say that I'm, I'm thinking about my own experience too, like, because it, it is, it, I've always had an issue with food and in terms of like just overeating all the time, like, some of my family, in fact, I vividly remember some of my family when we were at uh, like one of these fast food places once. And he was like, well, when I eat, I eat to get full, you know, and I'm and the the fullness put that in quotes. That's like. It's different for everybody. It's like subjective. So when I, when I hear that as a kid, I'm like, oh, I have to stuff myself full, and that's like a good thing. Um, it, it's tough to break out of, but I actually last night I was gonna treat myself to some pizza. I was you know July fourth, and I didn't want to be that guy that ordered food 
but I was going to, I was like, if Papa John's is open, I'm going to do that. I don't even crave Papa John's often, but I've started, it started to grow on me. It used to not be my go-to, but now it's pretty good to me. So I was going to do that. And then I was like, then I have to pay for it for one. Cause now I've been so used to just packing my own lunch. So that, that was one of the things I was thinking about. And then mm-hmm. I got into this routine of only ordering what I would eat in that particular moment and not giving myself the ability to have leftovers, which has kind of helped me too. It's one of the reasons I don't eat pizza much anymore because everybody knows me as the pizza God, the pizza King, all that stuff. And I do treat myself to it. It's still my favorite food, but I've gotten to a point where every time I order it, you know, I I always order the large because there's a coupon, you know, and I have to pay delivery fee anyway. So might as well get more food. So I have leftovers and then the leftovers turn into you know, I order this pizza at like noon for lunch and then I eat the whole pizza, you know, throughout the whole day for like dinner and stuff too. But the whole pizza, I mean, I've looked at the calorie count on those things. It's not good. It's like a large pizza, even if it's just pepperoni, it's like over 2,000, 3,000 calories sometimes. And mm-hmm. and that's just in that particular, you know, that's not counting if I'm doing snacks. And mainly when I do that is when I'm not having much physical activity either. And all the sodium and grease and all that stuff, you know, and it started to turn me off a little bit because when I got rid of my breakfast and replaced it with not fried, not processed foods, just take real Greek yogurt and and put it with some granola, that's taken away much of my cravings in the morning. And I don't Mm -hmm. normally get any sort of cravings till the afternoon or, or the evening, which is something I'm trying to balance out too. But that's what helped me. Because I started, like, I don't even give myself the option anymore to order pizza. It's either going to be somebody's going to help me eat it or I'm going to do it all in one sitting so I don't have leftovers and be tempted later on to eat more. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's it's tough with pizza because it, you, typically the portion sizes are giant. Like, yeah. I've been in, I've been onto a burger cake. I've mentioned it a few times already. Um so if we go out, you know, I'll get a burger, but it's like some burgers you can, they're just a shit ton of calories, <clears throat> but yeah, dude, dude, right. But, um, you can, you can still minimize that some, but with a pizza, dude, like if you get a large pizza, it's hard to minimize. Like that's a, that's a shit ton. Um, and I used to do the same thing. I would just get it. And even if I didn't finish, I'm like, all right, there's leftovers. But like you said, you still keep snacking on it. Um, one thing that's actually really helped me a lot and this goes for food outside of just pizza but just sh- like you said sharing it because there's something there's something nice about like offering somebody food and they're like yeah sure like why not like you both get some enjoyment out of it and then at the same time uh what you kind of pass that on to them so you make them happy because you're offering them food you get a win because you're not going to end up eating this whole pizza by yourself um, and then it becomes a little bit more of a communal thing where everybody can enjoy it all at once. And, uh, that'll even go like, if me and my buddies go out to eat, let, let's say we all get our meal and then I've gotten into the habit. If they say something about purchasing, uh, like getting an appetizer, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll only get one if somebody eats it with me. So if I don't want to get stuck with a whole appetizer and then my whole meal and then all this. So I'm only going to get things that I can share with you guys. And then I'll have my little portion of what I'll keep to myself solely. And um, making eating a community thing has helped me tons. And uh, yeah, 
it, it's a super nice thing. <clears throat> yeah, I would agree. Like, I don't even order appetizers anymore unless somebody's with me. Like, legit. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, if I'm going to be the only one doing this, it's not a single portion. And I could literally eat an appetizer as a whole meal. Um, you know, I just don't do it. And it sucks because there's so many good things when you go out to eat and you want to try it. I'm a sampler guy. You know, I can't help it. I'm just like, you know, my mom gets something. I'm like, ooh, let me try that real quick. You know, let me have a fry. Let me have, you know, if, if I get FOMO yeah, with food, yeah. dude, it's it's bad. And I don't, I don't really get FOMO with much else, you know, because... I realized that no matter where I'm at, I know that's that's where I'm supposed to be because I made that choice and I'm okay with that. I don't get FOMO in terms of, oh, I'm just going to stay in Saturday night and you know I see Snapchat and you see all these people going out and having a good time. It it just doesn't bother me. You know, I'm like, oh, cool. They're having a great time. But I do get FOMO with food. <laughs> and it's like when we're out yeah. to eat, you know, I'm not going to do that with my friends, but if it's with my family then I'll definitely be like, oh, let me grab a little bit of each of this, you know, and just try it. And cause I'm, I'm just a sampler guy. It's just how it is, you know? Yeah, man. You could, uh, you could play into that as far as to segue into physical, uh, physical activity things. If your mindset is already kind of playing on that, you can, you can build into that. So, um, like your disc golf stuff, you can play like, that's a good physical. Cause a lot of people think that you need to go to the gym. And coming from a trainer, dude, honestly, you don't need to go to the gym. Um, I mean, it's nice. Like there's, it's, it's good to have a trainer, especially a knowledgeable one that if you have a specific goal, you can go through. But if you're just a regular, if you're a regular old Billy Bob down the street and you just want to lose a few pounds, you could like go from a large pizza to a medium and then start playing disc golf and then get some steps in and start to find some success. Um, but I think it's good for people to try a multitude of physical activity because a lot of people are like, all right, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to planet fitness. I'm going to hop on the treadmill. Um, or I'm going to hop on the leg press machine or whatever the case is, because that's what they, that's what they see in the commercials. That's how they advertise everything. And then Instagram is wild with people lifting all this weight and everything, but it's really, that's not it. Like, you can go buy a basketball for however much a basketball costs now and then go to your local court and then shoot around. And um, you can have your sampler of physical activity and you're like, what? I'll try each one of these just a little bit and whichever ones I like, I'll keep. And then from there, you just cycle through it. That's a good idea. You know what? You just opened my mind up to a whole new world and it's crazy because I'm, I generally try to think about different ways to do things to keep it open and, not, and stuff. That was mind blowing for me just now when you said that. And it kind of reminded me of that book you recommended to me. The reason why we're doing this episode, um, Atomic Habits. I Dude, love yeah. that book and I, I listened to it all the way through. And he talks about so many good things in that book where it's like the two minute rule. You know, and for this particular topic here that we're talking about, I mean, that's a good idea. You could do, you know, instead of the way that he talks about it, which is go to the gym, but you can only stay for five minutes with the example that he gave. Mm -hmm. Maybe go to the gym, but since you made the trip anyway, especially with gas and stuff nowadays, um, you could do like two minutes on each machine. And, and that's all you're allowed to do, you know, two minutes on the treadmill, two minutes on stair climber, whatever it is, but you get like five to 10, um, machines in and your body is like 
dreading it because it doesn't know when it's going to end theoretically everybody knows like 45 minutes to an hour but that's a long time to think about especially if it's doing something you don't want to do so if you do yeah. minimize it to like literally one to two minutes on each machine and literally just fly through it i mean you're going to be going from one to one to one to one like back to back to back and it's going to be a lot faster than you know it you're going to do 10 machines and 20 minutes has gone by and you're like cool i feel great and instead of getting you know a full like 45 to an hour minute or an hour 45 minutes to an hour workout you're getting 20 but it's it went faster than you think and i think this is really important too you get through the fear of the machines they can be fearful a lot of people don't do stuff because they're not familiar with the process and because if you don't use it you lose it so even if you used to go to the gym all the time you know three years later it's not the same gym your body just kind of works itself up to oh what if this what if this but if you're actually making that progress to go to the gym and you do like literally two minutes on 10 different machines and leave immediately you're going to get familiarized and you're going to experience much more to be able to actually stick with it because then you're going to find a machine you really love and you're going to stick to that as like your core workout and then you'll you'll sprinkle in some other stuff to add on top of it so that's that's been my motivation with some of the work workouts you send me i literally do a's and v's like not often but i do it enough to to create the habit of thinking about it um Mm -hmm. in fact i do it for maybe 30 seconds to a minute every few days you know just because i i don't think about it too often but when i do i'm like okay let me get this in real quick while i'm thinking about it because i want to build the habit and it takes much longer for me to build a habit than maybe it does some other people because i talk myself out of things a lot but i think a lot of people have Mm -hmm. that problem too so that in that book which i just went on a whole tangent but in that book that's what stuck out to me and that's the kind of advice i've been taking like literally if you don't want to do something and you know you need to do it two minutes and then revisit it tomorrow, you know, literally take two. Because people are like, oh, I got to do this whole 30 minute hour workout. Or they see like these super buff people doing this P, P90 freaking like five minute, 10 minute, a super intense workout. But it, it, if yeah. you're coming from zero, you're not going to be able to do a, a 10 to 15 minute super intense workout. You're going to quit after 60 seconds. So, mm-hmm. and it's also about going at your own pace, like you said, knowing yourself and being able to stick with it. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, those are really good points. Yeah. Dude, I actually, I still use the two minute rule. Um, I had read nice. it. God, I can't even remember. Maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And, uh, mine for the most part was if I, if I had to like check my email, I said it where I'm like, if, if, if it's something small that I can get done in two minutes, might as well just get it done right there. So whether it's like running through paperwork or checking emails, responding to people, whatnot, I try to make sure that I just get it done. Boom. Or if, like if I'm at the gym and there's some weights laying around, it's like, okay, cool. This is going to take me less than two minutes. Boom. Get it done. And that way I, I keep myself up on it. Um, but yeah, like I feel like uh, a lot of people when they go into the gym, like you said, like when they're coming from zero, it's intimidating. Like it's really, it's a scary thing. Uh, I remember when I first went to weightlifting for football, my freshman year of high school, and uh, these guys were doing power cleans, which is a Olympic style movement. Um, you basically just you deadlift the bar, 
you pull, you scoop underneath it. Uh, and then I think they were doing jerks. You're basically taking a barbell from the floor overhead and they're dropping it. And like, you could hear it from outside of the, the weight house. And it's just like this constant, like, dim, dim. and it was steel on top of rubber. We didn't have bumper plates. So like the metal was clanking together and like, there's loud ass music playing and you walk in and I'm like, I'm this chubby little ninth grader and I'm looking at all these juniors and seniors and they're just throwing this heavy ass weight around. Everybody's grunting. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like I, I was terrified because the most weights that I had was at a 15 pound dumbbell that my brother gave me that I would play with. And my uncles, when I was little, they're like, yeah, do some curls, do this. Uh. I was like, okay, whatever. And then, um, I, yeah, I still remember that because I, I walked in that weight room and I was like, this is terrifying. Like, I, I don't think I could ever get into this. Luckily, I had some friends with me that would go. But what ended up happening is we, we went together and then they all started to dwindle, dwindle down. Over time, they all left and I still ended up staying. And uh, I was horrible at football, but I loved weight room. And I love the the application of how the training can affect an athlete's performance. That's kind of how I am where I am now. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of the roots of it was actually me being scared and like, holy shit, these guys are going to rip me in half. But I think there's if you look at the average person going into a gym to work out, they're not they're not lifting 700 pounds. They're not slapping their chest. They're not going to throw weights over their head. Uh, they're really just going in there to move. They're just going in there to lose weight. Maybe some of them just got out of surgery. They, they're trying to get out of pain. And um, I think that there's a perception that you're going to go into a gym. And if you're overweight, for example, uh, you're going to get made fun of. And it kind of, it hurts me a little bit because you would think of a gym as a place where everybody is going in there as a, as a whole to get better. And you don't want somebody going in there thinking that everybody as a whole that's getting better is making fun of them because they're seen as quote unquote lesser than, and that's not necessarily the case. Now, granted there are, there are a few assholes out there, but for the most part, everybody's trying to get better at whatever their, their category of health or ideal health is. And, um, I think honestly for if if there is somebody that is terrified to go into a gym or they are just worried of worried about getting made fun of or looked down at at a gym, I think one thing that would really help is just introducing yourself to somebody. So like if you're at a gym and you're doing blah 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 and you're like, fuck man, I just don't feel right here. Maybe you see somebody and you're like, Hey man, I like your shoes. And they're like, Thanks, dude, blah blah blah. And like you shoot the shit and like, what's your workout? Oh, well, I'm doing blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then over time, it just becomes this thing where that's like your gym buddy. And then um, it lets you know that they're also human. And uh, yeah. I think that's, yeah, just getting a better perception of what a regular human is. Dude, I, I totally agree. But you're talking about social interaction in 2022? A lot of people dude, are not too comfortable with that. Yeah, you are not lying. I will go up to anybody if I have something intentional to say, as long as it's positive, you know, I, I generally don't have negative thoughts, so I don't think it in general. And so it doesn't come out of my mouth either because it mm -hmm. just doesn't even start in my brain. Um, and that whole process is a rewiring. The mental of that is 
uh, is tough because really physical activity or being healthy in general is like, it's gotta be like 80, 90% mental for sure. Because most of it oh, yeah. is just making the right choices to eat right and be healthy in that sense. Like what we talked about before and then making the right choices to go to the gym and actually be there. The physical part is a very small portion of that. So, and, and what you just said, the social interaction is a little mental as well, but I agree dude, because it's all about who, you know, at the end of the day. And if you're wanting to get better, there's going to be somebody who wants to have that, that social interaction as well. But if they're there by themselves, then maybe they want to have a gym buddy too. And obviously people may not want to go that route because of rejection, but Mm -hmm. you just have a few simple conversations, um, nothing crazy. And then, you know, the next two or three times you go to the gym, maybe you see that same person there and you're like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Like, and, and then it becomes a familiar face, which then becomes easier to talk to. And, and most people don't like the process of starting from zero with anything with the gym, with, with, um social interaction they have their friends and they're like yeah i only got like two or three friends and i'm like you know that's cool you know because you can really only have a few close friends that you can actually keep up with almost every day or every week or whatever um and because there's just so many people in the world and you still get the same 24 hours just like everyone else does but i feel like some people cut that off and then don't open themselves to the opportunity of maybe meeting that person at the gym who might just somehow say the right things that motivates them to then, um, to then go through the workout and actually enjoy it or, or cause everybody clicks at their own moment and it, it yeah. takes the, it takes one particular voice or one particular phrase that just triggers something in their brain that clicks. And then they're just a whole new person overnight. Sometimes it literally just happens like that, but it takes, repetition too like both physically and mentally repetition mentally in terms of having the experience of it and then repetition physically in in terms of like building the habit for your body to have the muscle memory and stuff so but i feel like a lot of people don't they just cut themselves off after like you say social interaction they probably just stop listening to you right then and there you know what i'm saying (laughs) they're like oh i don't know boss if it's not through snapchat i I don't know how to talk to them if it's something um, I can't just like close and forget about for three hours, then no thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, dude, it's it's tough. I think um, one thing that helps is, and this could be like a little housekeeping tip, but I think in general, people like to talk about themselves. So if you did have to go into a situation where maybe you had a question at a gym, uh or you see somebody doing an an exercise that looks interesting, you could always ask them, hey man, like, how do you do this? And then there's gonna be this aspect of them, okay, they wanna learn from me, so I'm going to teach them. Most of the time, people respond pretty pretty well. Uh, And it gives you a chance, you know, you get some good insight. Every now and then you'll run into somebody who's really knowledgeable and they'll be able to break it down and some of them might coach you through it or whatever the case is. Um, But I think asking for help is a really good way to to open up a conversation outside of giving just a general compliment um but yeah dude it's it's tough gym culture is really weird because it's there's so many there's so many different areas of it. it's kind of a how i've recently got into edm 
and I like I feel almost like all my questions go to you about it. Um, but there's the umbrella, and then there's small subcategories underneath that umbrella, and I feel like that's what people get with fitness related things is you have like your planet fitness and then you have your powerlifting gyms and then your only lifting gyms and then there's crossfit and there's strongman and then there's like the movement enthusiasts and everybody has different methods of teaching and um it's really weird man uh it's it's really hard to get into i guess my biggest thing for people in general was just go move it doesn't have to be a gym just go take a walk like if you have a dog go walk your dog an extra mile every day or something. Um, it's giving your, yourself more chances to be better. It's kind of following up on what you said about getting reps in. To me, reps is getting more reps in is anything. So if you're bad at dancing, so we started, we did uh, salsa. We started salsa last, I think it was last September. And I can't dance to save my life, but getting reps down, like, okay, these are bad reps, but they're still going to add up over time. And then getting more used to it, you're like, okay, cool. Like I'm starting to get a groove. I have a foundation that I can work from now. And then you just keep building into it. Those reps can go for anything as well. Um, that I'm sure as you know, it, it doesn't just have to be, I'm going to go get a certain amount of reps in of squats and see how that feels. Like if you try breakfast or building a habit, I'm going to walk a quarter mile every day. You start to get those reps in and you're like, oh, shit, this isn't anything. Or like, like if you if you work in an office building and you're on the fifth floor, and you're like, maybe I'll get off on the fourth floor and I'll walk up one flight of steps. And then you'll get those reps in. Maybe you do that for a – do maybe you do it for three months. And then on that fourth month, you're like, maybe I'll get off on the third floor. You walk up two flights. And then over time, like maybe next year, you just walk up all five flights and at that time, your body is adjusted to those repetitions so much that it just becomes part of your your normal day, kind of like your uh your yogurt and protein granola. It just yeah. you get more reps in, yeah. And and it's, some of those uh, things that I get came from the repetition of being exposed to somebody else who's already doing it, which goes back to what we were just talking about. Finding somebody who's already in the spot that you want to be in is crucial too. And it's not because you're leeching off of them, but it's because you want to expose yourself to the people who are already doing what you want to do every single day. It takes that to be able to think about, you know, okay, every day at six, I got to wake up and go to the gym. But if you've never gone to the gym and you're not a morning person, well, there you go. That's a recipe for disaster. And like most people think they have to do gym or they have to go work out or walk or whatever at certain times or at certain... I mean, you could do it literally any time. You just have to be able to find a time or a place or whatever that works for you so that you can stick to it. But the biggest thing for me is if you're talking with somebody that's already there. And and like you said, the small steps are fine too because I didn't just start eating yogurt and granola every single morning overnight. First of all, you have to like the taste of it. That's you know like rule number one. Two, I think yeah. it's healthier. I mean, it could be... It could be healthier than that, but it's still healthier than like a sausage muffin from McDonald's, like what I was talking about earlier. Right. And and it's a nice morning, like it breaks up the monotony of what I used to eat anyway. So, and and I can mix it up with different different flavors, which is nice. And I can put in different kinds of granola too and mix that up. And now I'm starting to get to the point where I eat more fruit because I've been working with this dude for four years, and 
it takes a while sometimes to be able to get to the level of where somebody's at to where they're just doing it every single day, second nature, because they love it and they don't think about it. But if that's what you want to be and that, and that's who you want to be as far as a person goes, then yeah, you have to expose yourself to the people who are already doing it because they know what it takes and it's going to get you in the repetition of doing it yourself if you see somebody else doing it because one you're going to have the visual experience of okay this isn't so scary and it's not so hard it's not as hard as what i thought it was going to be and two you're going to have more times to think about it than not because you're going to be exposed to it every day every other day every week and you're just going to eventually get in that routine so i think that's two very big things it's always who you know, but it's always um, how often you're exposed to something to be able to create that habit. It's, it's, it's the psychology of it a little bit, but it mm -hmm. also is what worked for me. And, you know, even what we're doing right now in terms of talking about it, you know, just that helps too. just being in the mindset of being able to talk about it. So it's not Absolutely. always just it's not always just, hey, I'm going to be a whole different person tomorrow. Um, maybe literally because i started with this when i was working on my mindset um because i feel like you have to have the right mindset before you can do anything physical anyway but mm -hmm. if you're trying to work on that or if you're trying to be in the gym every day or five days a week or whatever then you could start with your mindset and and focus on that try to perfect that as much as possible and literally all i did was open up youtube and search positive videos, motivational videos. I found Gary Vaynerchuk, I started watching his content. I found Eric Thomas, I started watching his content. I found all these different people who were already fit and already in that position, give advice to people like me. And then from there, two, three years later, I have this portfolio of knowledge that I can use at any given point. For example, the, this episode on the podcast, I can talk about it because I did it, you know? And it's, it starts with that, in my opinion. Because I'm still building myself up, but I have a portfolio of knowledge to go off of now. So it definitely matters. Oh, 100%. Dude, I, I love Eric Thomas. Uh, the first <laughs> He's time so I. so good, dude. Dude, oh my God. I, I'll listen to one of his speeches and I feel like I can run through a wall. Mm -hmm. uh, he just gets me crazy hyped. Um, but yeah, dude, it's. I think it's good to have really high levels of motivation and you've always done really well on being there mentally and being really aware of everything like the the mindset that you talked about because you can you can train the body to do a lot but it's it takes a special kind of training to get the mindset to change the body realistically you can have a horrible mindset and go to the gym and still see gains but to change your mindset is um you almost have to look more intrinsically. And uh, I think not a lot of people have that yet. So it, it makes it a little bit harder for them to make those jumps uh, just as far as being a better human. Um, but yeah, to, to touch on like your, your coworker, um, you, you see people like that, especially like the older crowds. Um, you'll see how, how well they eat, how active they are. And it's never like a, oh, I have to do this. They're like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to go to the gym. I, I get to do blah, 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 blah. And I think what it is really is as we get older, we become a little bit more aware of our mortality. And it's like, okay, we're, we're going to die at some point. Um, yeah. 
I mean, tomorrow we, you know, we might lose our ability to walk. So I, I think as we get older, you start to appreciate like, I can walk, I can run, I can do this, I can do that, I can ride a bike. And uh, you become a little bit, I know it's cliche, but like you become a little bit more grateful for that. And on the same note, those people, like sometimes like you see the older generation and they're working their asses off in the gym and they're eating well. And you're like, dude, I didn't realize you were 60. Like you, you looked like a cool 40. And yeah. then you realize that it's, it's just as much of a day-to-day thing as it, or it's just as much of an investment as it is a day-to-day thing. And God, dude, I've talked to so many people now where like they still look really great as they're older and, you know, they're still able to move really well, but they're even at that age, like I'll have 45 to 55 year old people who look great and move really well. And they're like, yeah, man, I, I even wish I started this years before I started it when I was 35 and I've been doing it for 10, 20 years now. And I I wish I would have started when I was 25. Um, so you, you start to see like, it does pay, it does pay out, but it's it's kind of like dividends, dude. Sometimes like you, you buy into it and then you just gotta wait and then you gotta wait and you gotta wait. And um you you realize that it it helps you afford a better life down the line. And not a lot of people um think that far down because they're like, ah, whatever. Today's the only thing that matters. To a degree that's that's true, but I think uh if you're gonna have kids or grandkids down the line, you wanna be able to move around and play with them just as well uh that way you can have those experiences but that's yeah. one thing that i i kind of worry about is not being able to play with my kids because my body is too beat to shit or you know you get too tired running around with your kid and you're like ah, oh, i gotta sit this one out not knocking parents to do that but i i just want to be more involved and i think that that helps a lot on all aspects not to rant on that but um yeah just investing in your health so you don't have to pay for illnesses down the line is one of my my most favorite quotes yeah i i seen when i was um had an accident with my leg a few years ago i think you've seen the scar but uh was helping my sister move and i have like two little like circles in my leg now that are like scarred and all discolored and stuff because Mm -hmm. i dropped the dresser on it and when I was going through the basically the the healing process of that, I had to check in with a specialist every week, and I I would sit in the basically the almost the same room every time, and there's always this sign right above the door before you walk out of the room, and it says if you don't make time for your health now, you'll be forced to make time for it later, and as much as I want that to click, I'm not there yet because I don't I don't make it uh a priority as much as i should but i've definitely Mm -hmm. started with my eating habits i think that's a good uh place to go from from at least starting from nothing where you know because some people have like good eating habits and bad motivation or movement habits and then some people have good movement habits and bad eating habits i was unlucky with both of those and (laughs) i didn't really have good movement or good eating habits so i'm just trying to like start with one and go to the next and to build up both at the same time is, is tough so if i lose my motivation to go to the gym then i'll just try to focus on eating a little healthier uh and mm-hmm. then you know maybe get back to the gym and still eat a little healthy but 
eventually get those two to balance and then, then I'll be good. But yeah, that, that really stuck with me. That quote there, I was like, golly, you know what? You're so right. Dude, yeah. It makes you think a little bit deeper and it's, uh, it, dude, it's just so hard to explain because people have to experience it, but going through that journey literally changes you as a person. Um, I, so we had, we had one girl join our classes. I don't know, man, maybe, a year and a half ago and she was really spotty at first. So she'd come in for a few and then she'd leave and then she'd come back and leave. And, uh, she, she had a hard time. Uh, it was one of those perceptions that if I start working out next week, I'll lose all this weight. So, uh, she didn't see any, uh, any return on investment. So she would just keep, you know, selling out. She's like, all right, whatever. Cool. And then one day she stayed and, I think maybe eight to 10 months later, she's down 30 pounds. And then from there until the rest of now, she's just been getting stronger. And she's like, holy shit, like I can see this muscle now. I can see blah, blah, blah. I can see this. But uh, you start to see how it changes. So she would bring her sister in. And then when she would bring her sister in, her sister's like, who the hell gets up at 5 a.m. to work out at a 6 a.m. class? Like, this is horrible. And her older sister, who said the exact same thing 10 months ago, was like, I kind of need it now. Like, this is, this gets me started for my day. And um, you see how it, it changes you not only physically, but mentally and emotionally as well. And um, I think that would, you're already in that portion where from a mental and emotional standpoint, you're already starting to evolve. It's just that everything else is slowly working its way to catch up. Um, yeah. Whereas a lot of people change physically first and then they're like, Oh shit. You know, they evolve. Some people, some people regress. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, finding a, a good path and um, making sure one topic that I, I have wanted to touch on for a while is like motivation versus discipline. Um, motivation is cool, but I think, at least 90% of it is bullshit because when, to me, when you're motivated is when you feel good. You're like, yeah, let's do this. I'm about to, I'm about to get this shit going. Kind of like, like, like the podcast, for example, it's like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to do this. Like, let's get it on. Like, let's say your first five episodes, you're like, yeah, man, this is cool. Like I'm digging it. And then five through 10, you're like, eh, I don't know, but you're still doing it. And then you're all the way up to 18 now. And it's like, maybe there's gonna be one day where you're sick or you're tired or you didn't sleep well or you just don't feel good and you're like i'm still gonna do this shit to me that shows more and this not hard definitions of it but that shows more discipline because to me when i get motivated i'm like yeah i'm really excited in that moment about doing it but when it comes to actually following through with that act that's where discipline kicks in because it's like it doesn't matter if i'm sick it doesn't matter if i'm tired it doesn't matter if i'm hungry I'm still going to get the shit done because I said I was going to get it done. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think there's a lot of power to following through with what you say, because then it gives your words more affirmation. Of course. And it makes you yeah. a more respectable person. And I feel like based on what you just said, I've actually done episodes with sinus issues. In fact, my sinus issues as of recent within the last six months have been probably the worst than they've ever been. I think I'm starting to develop more um more prominent allergies i guess 
um mm -hmm. i guess living in this area talking to some of my family and friends right by the river um especially when it gets hot and humid it, it just messes with your sinuses so mm -hmm. i'm i'm looking into like potentially getting some medicine it doesn't it still doesn't like affect me that often but it's definitely more often than it used to be so mm -hmm. i've done yeah i've done episodes with sinus issues where i sound like super stuffed up and that people can definitely tell i'm sick and it sucks because the podcast itself like if it's going to be on the internet forever i want the episode to be good enough to be rewatchable i don't think an episode where i'm sick and talking weird is rewatchable but at the same time i think the value and the content and the words that i have to say is there so i think people are going to listen and watch whatever method they choose to take in the podcast i think they're going to do that anyway if they find value in what i'm doing so i don't really care if it's super professional like editing super professional um setups or anything like that because i know the values there so that doesn't Absolutely. bother me but i gotta translate that to the gym and stuff like that because the discipline for the podcast is there because it's something i love and i want to keep doing um i just got to find the love for the gym and then it'll just come natural because when you love something you're just going to do it anyway naturally so yeah and it's a uh... It's hard to find that balance. And I mean, honestly, dude, there might be a point where you don't necessarily love it, but there's, a, it's going to be the craving, the same way that you would crave pizza will be very similar to the same way that you crave movement. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, if we come in and I have you run through a deadlift or some sort of squat session or whatever the case is, um, your body, once it gets used to it, it's like, oh shit, I need to move. I need to get up. And whether it's a walk or whether it's like A's and B's or, bear crawls or whatever like if you want to go play disc golf and you're like yeah i just need, i need to go move and mm -hmm. uh i think that is a huge proponent because once people get used to movement and they set their body in motion it wants to stay in motion and then it's like i can't i can't sit here and play video games for 10 hours not that that's bad but it's like i can't sit in one place for 10 hours and not move my body like i have to get up i have to adjust i need to go take a walk and um I think that's in, in the habit building of getting used to staying in motion and giving yourself almost a treat as far as like, yeah, I get to go move. Maybe I get to go play some basketball or I get to go to go play catch or go on a hike or ride a bike or whatever the case is. Um, I think once you set yourself in motion, just natural laws, yeah. you, you stay, stay within that motion. I I totally agree because I'm the opposite, especially on my days off. I'm like, man, I don't have to go anywhere. I can just lay in bed all day, wake up at like 2 p.m., play some video games. <laughs> so I'm the opposite of that because the object that does not stay in motion does not want to move <laughs> whatever yep. all that is. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's definitely a good point. I need to get better at that. But uh, yeah, I tell you what, um, at the end of the episode, I generally do a Q&A. Um, I, I didn't do one last week or, or the, uh, the week before, I don't think, but I, I really like the idea of having a particular question that brings value to somebody who decides to make it all the way in to the end of the podcast, but, uh, something that might be a concern for someone listening. And for me, that, that question is going to be to you. So hopefully um you got something prepared um in, in yeah. fact it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty cool one um my okay. question is actually what is the hardest part about you either getting started 
or staying with it? Because I feel like a lot of people eventually, they see how hard it is to stay with it and to change their habits, and then they just give up. But if they feel that somebody who's already done it went through the same struggles, they might change their outlook on it. So what was that for you? Uh, that's actually a really good question. The hardest part, honestly, is to me, just doing the damn thing, just going out and head down, nose to the grindstone. You just fucking do it. Um, and it's one of those things I'm, I've grown to be one of those people. Cause I would overthink things and kind of talk myself out of stuff. I've grown to be one of those people where I just ripped the bandaid off and I like, I just, I get it quick. So lately my my thing has been i'll count to three and on three it doesn't matter what it is i just go um so just getting into it whether it's movement whether it's swapping out your breakfast whatever the case is because i feel like we've talked about some really regressed versions of that stuff where it's you can you can still make success or have success in those those fields um so making sure that you do it um whether you feel like it or not and it can be something small. It doesn't have to be like if you make your bed every morning. So find something that is find something that's manageable that you can do. And then for the long term, make sure that you get into it enough to where you don't have to think about doing it. But at the same time, if you fall out of your routine, don't beat yourself up over it. Um, a lot of times people will like you'll have success three months in and you're like, ah, you know, I, I ate too much this weekend. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like it's, it's, exactly. it's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's not that bad. Like one donut or one extra slice of pizza didn't make you a hundred pounds heavier. Um, it's, it's the habits having one extra slice of pizza, every meal, every day made you a hundred pounds heavier. Um, so dude, like if, if you have a sweet tooth or you, like beer or whatever the case is go fucking treat yourself dude what you're doing is hard work um it's okay to still reward yourself uh so make sure that you do the damn thing and then make sure that you you treat yourself and know that it's okay to struggle uh, awesome. i think those would be the very general blanket uh statements for for how to answer that question i guess dude i love that i love that yeah. a lot Thanks, brother. Um, and by the way, where can people find you if they live in the Cincinnati area or if they want to drive a little bit to maybe watch your stuff on uh, social media and then and they find it there and then they want to drive a little bit to come see you? What, what, what are your plugs, per se? I'll put, I'll put them in the description of the YouTube video, but uh, just shout out uh, for me real quick. On Instagram is where I'm most active at uh, i think i have a facebook page um but yeah on facebook it's just jacob mills m-i-l-l-s and then instagram is catalyst underscore fit f-i-t um most of it is just a log of my own personal journey and then sometimes i'll put like classes i coach and whatnot there um i coach out of evendale uh, breakthrough in evendale uh, it's on the corner of reading road and glendale milford off of 75 and then I also have been coaching select times at Club MMA on Westbourne on the west side of Cincinnati. Perfect. 
That's awesome. I, and I, I don't, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but one of my friends was looking for a personal trainer. I tagged you in it. So maybe, maybe reach out to him or anybody else watching the video or listening in, maybe they, maybe they get, uh, some motivation from this and decide to take the step, which is always the hardest one is the first step. So dude, I appreciate you joining me for this episode. Uh, I'm probably going to listen to it back in full just because this is the kind of motivation that I need personally. Um, but dude, I really appreciate you taking your time and doing this with me, man. Yeah, no problem, man. I appreciate you having me on. I, I really enjoyed this. Any final thoughts at all? Um, is this your first, po- first podcast episode? Like, have you ever been on a podcast before? Or? I've been on one podcast a few years ago, but I wasn't as well articulated as I am now. Um, not that I'm well articulated, but it was rough my very first time. Uh, this is my first <laughs> virtual Tell me about one. it. My first few episodes yeah. are terrible. <laughs> you, uh, you've got the voice for it, though, so um, I feel like I have to articulate a little bit better. Uh, that way I sound professional. Um, yeah, I, I guess final words, man. Just go have fun. Don't enjoy don't it. Soak it much. in, right? Yeah, we talked a lot yeah, about exactly. discipline and stuff, but soak it in. That's a, that's a good yeah, dude, it's a journey. This episode, it, it is absolutely. always going to be up and downs. All right, man. Yep. Well, appreciate you taking the time for everybody listening and watching. This has been episode 18. I finally got the number right. I'll see you next week for 19. Stay tuned for that. I'll see you later. Peace.